0: Yo, I don't know what era you grew up in, but Saturday mornings I had Rugrats, I had Hey Arnold, I was playing my Game Boy. It worked for 90s kids have a seat i'ma tell you about the best decade yo i had a bowl cut i ain't have a fresh fate take it to the 90s i don't care what all the rest say i could quote the ill matic if you want to test me because you know i'm listening to Nas, not the ice ice baby for the right price baby see you fight night crazy how tyson he was knocking them out and ninja turtles on the telly when i'm locked in the house watching michael play the lakers and he boxing them out and yo if magic gets a ring well then i'm knocking the pound. Oh yeah, I think it's time to celebrate. No, there ain't no better way. Chillin' on a Titanic getaway Tell you the truth, I wasn't planning a dance. But when I got my hammer pants, you ain't standin' a chance. Got my fashion locked down with the British night. Hurry, head home. Maybe we could catch a nick at night. Psych Hey yo, you remember Remember taking the game boy, right? Just take it back to the 90s. Right, you took the game boy, you put it right under the lamp Because you ain't have the light. That's where you can Yo, yo.
1: We're talking Hi, video Jillian. games. Goldeneye. Hi, Chelsea. Yo. Welcome that's to that's Work for Nineties Kids podcast. 9, we already oh, said
2: who we are, so let's you. just skip that part. How's your week been? Uh, my week was pretty good. I what have I been doing? Well, Sunday I was here, yeah, participating in the second. Backyard Olympics. Oh, it was a blast, wasn't it fun? It was a lot of fun, and there were some new teams this year. People we ha- I hadn't met before. Yeah, I know. It was fun. Everyone got along really well, and it
1: was a really good blend of people. Yeah. So, um, my husband and I like to throw something we call the Backyard Olympics, and it's just like backyard games. You know, we had cornhole and pool volleyball and stuff, but we just take it way too seriously, like way more seriously than anybody needs to take it. <laughs> And it's a really good time. What was your inspiration
2: for the original Backyard Olympics?
1: Uh, The Office. The episode where they do the Office Olympics. I think yours is better, but... Thank you.
2: (laughs) Thank you. But, you know, got a shout out to the original, right?
1: Yes, that is where I got the idea from. Um, It's a riot. I love how, like, every year we learn new things. You know what I mean? We're like, okay, so next year...
2: What works and what doesn't work?
1: Yeah. So next year we were thinking of doing just water sports.
2: If, if it's, it's hot. a hot summer mm-hmm.
1: day i like that plan yeah yeah we were like there's enough you could do there are a couple that we should keep though that are
2: land sports like, like what? Jenga. Oh, well i mean the giant jenga this year was like sports oh center god it was intense and the two teams that had the most intense game were competing for bronze
1: i know <laughs> i know <laughs> it's amazing I I loved how intense everybody got. Everyone's like sitting around.
2: Everyone was super into it. It It really was like we were watching the Super Bowl. Or like, I know. I don't know. Maybe golf. Amazing. Yeah, golf probably. (laughs) Um.
1: Super fun. Yeah. So uh, my week has just been chaos this week. Tell me more. I mean, just to like sum it up real quick. (laughs) The world (laughs) is falling apart. No, I'm just kidding. So today our power went out, and we were the only house on the block. To lose power, that and that just sums up. Are we, <laughs>
2: in a nutshell,
1: like on we're... the heels
2: of Tropical Storm isis
1: How would it was? Called? I know. I thought it was, ice. It's like ISIS. Oh my God! Your birth control alarm again. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by birth control. <laughs> get your tubes tied, folks. If you don't want to get pregnant. Set an alarm on your phone and take your birth control. Is this a parenting podcast? It might be. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a party planning podcast. We don't really know. Okay. Well, while you dig out your birth control, I'll move into our next segment, Whacker All That. And do you have... What did you bring to the table today?
2: Well, let's remind everyone what Whacker All That is. That's case, a great idea. In case this is your first time listening to this podcast... Okay. You go ahead and explain it's what It's only episode that two that after all. <laughs> so, you know... Back in the day, back in the 90s, there were things that 90s kids did or were allowed to do or that their parents just didn't really care about that if you did today, you would be roasted, roasted. in the comment section of all of the parenting groups on Facebook. Oh my God, that's a great way to describe it. The Mom shamers would come out in full force. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. So the idea here is we're going to talk about each of us will... Bring up one thing that we did in the 90s or that we were allowed to do as kids in the 90s, whether or not they would be frowned upon today. So is it whack or? Would it not be frowned upon? And would we still support it? Is it all that? Yeah, or do we want to bring it
1: back? Yes. Like bring it back. Chelsea, all what's that? yours for this week? Okay. You want me to go first? Yeah, girl. Okay. So this came up in topic because did you see that meme that's floating around as parents are deciding what to do for the fall in, in the time of corona? And it's the monkey. And he is like looking straight with big eyes. And then he's, or to the side, he's like, oh, and then like straight ahead like this. Yes. And it says- well, what are we supposed to do? Um, if okay, so what? You're you're not gonna send the kids back to school. What are we supposed to do? Leave our kids home alone all day, and <laughs> then it's like parents in the '90s are like <laughs> yoink. And so somebody posted that and was like, "Who stayed home alone in the '90s?" And uh, uh, me. Yes. <laughs> and who who was your charge? Which made me laugh. So I messaged her back and I was like, "I'm the oldest, so." I was in charge of my little brother, and we were talking about it. And she was like, she just engaged me in conversation, like, "How old were you?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "I think ten was the Crazy, first time." Right?
2: It's insane. Imagine leaving a ten-year-old. Jackson is what? He's, He's he just seven. seven. Imagine li- leaving him home alone in three years. No,
1: <laughs> absolutely not. Ugh. Ugh, so okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go into a little tangent and tell you a side story. Let's hear it. Okay. I started babysitting when I was 12. My first babysitting gig was for a 4-month-old baby. Stop it. Can you imagine oh. leaving your 4-month-old baby with oh a 12-year-old? <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. Okay. Tell me more. So I babysat this girl for a long time. Like I was like their <laughs> consistent regular sitter to a point where her name was Sarah and the baby, the baby's name was Sarah and um they had another baby, which sadly I don't remember her name.
2: And you did not have to babysit her, I take it. No, I did. <laughs> that's she that's left what a I like. This, I'm trying to say,
1: like, this is how long I was their regular sitter. It was like I started when I was 12 with a four month old and babysat them until there was another one. Oh
2: my goodness. But
1: I was only her sitter for a little while because then they moved away. But, anyways. Okay. So one night when I'm watching the two of them, so you got to figure I'm like 14, watching a two-year-old and an infant <laughs> oh by myself my while the parents went to some gala, the two-year-old starts like violently vomiting. Oh, and you know how I feel about God. vomit. And Chelsea's so I, worst nightmare. My, ugh, I just don't do well with it. So she's barfing. I call the parents, and this is like... The nineties,
2: and so I had to. So it's a challenge. It's not like you can call no. Them there's on their no cell phone, phone. I had to call the hall that they were
1: at, ask to speak to them. Then they had to like call back. So they call back, and I'm like, "Hey, Sarah is barfing like everywhere. I I've got her in the tub right now, and I'm trying to change her sheets. But can y'all come home, please? Because
2: I cannot. I, I'm
1: 14, <laughs> and. They were like, sure, sure, sure. We'll be right home. Guess how long? Two hours. Yep, that's exactly oh right. Why? So God. they did not leave right away. You know they finished their party. They finished their party, and, and then and they came home.
2: That is terrible. Okay, so that's fucking whack. That is fucking whack. Uh,
1: what is our age limit for babysitters?
2: <laughs> huh, that's a good question. I guess it probably depends on the age of the child being babysat. I would agree. If it's a four-month-old, I would yeah, want... Yeah, to... let's
1: go with my scenario. Yeah, let's go with scenario. A two-year-old year scenario. and a four-month-old baby.
2: I would want the kid to at least be a senior in high school, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah. If it was, like, Jack, like our kids, you know, our younger kids who are four, mm-hmm. I would be comfortable with, like, maybe a 16-year-old. But still, you would want, a res- like, someone who's older. I know. And even that makes me nervous. And then
1: if your child, your babysitter calls you... And is like, can you come home?
2: Yeah. I leave immediately. Goodbye. I cannot imagine.
1: So. parting
2: it up for another two hours?
1: Nope. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> leaving your tiny children with 14-year-olds? Whack. Whack. Agreed. Agreed. All right, Jillian, what did you bring
2: today? <sighs> this is a little bit on topic with what we're going to be discussing today. All right. It's swearing in music. Okay. Not for, like, adults, of course, but for kids. So... I grew up, you know, in the 90s, of course, hence this podcast, and I grew up listening to, you know, Aerosmith, Alanis Morissette, Mm -hmm. uh, lots of different rock music that had a lot of suggestive language and swear words, and none of it was ever censored. There was just an understanding that those were adult words that I would not use. Yeah, And I did. And... I can't imagine doing that now with my kids. Not because... I you it's... mean
1: just letting them listen yeah. to uncensored versions? And... Right.
2: Although I will say that my oldest, again, who was four, his, for a period of about two months, his favorite song was I Like It by Cardi B. Oh, I remember that. And I, I used to have that. to very loudly sing over, made up words over the swearing at the beginning. And it's not that I necessarily have a problem with it, but I think, and maybe this is where the whole, you know judgy judgersons come into play, there's an expectation that you wouldn't let your kids listen to that kind of music if you're a good mom.
1: Right. Now, it's funny that you bring that up because, um, I guess I'll talk about it when we get to the song, but I did watch an interview with Alanis Morissette talking about how she never would censor herself for live performances. Oh, I like, good.
2: She shouldn't.
1: She was like, if "You don't bring your kid to this concert.
2: <laughs> to oh. It's funny that you say that because I... Very clearly remember, I must have been, I don't know, maybe 15 years old, maybe 14. And I went to an Aerosmith concert with my mom, and I was there with my mom and two of my sisters, and the younger of the two sisters, Gabby, she must have been eight at the time, Mm -hmm. and she fell asleep in the middle of the concert. (laughs) (laughs) And she was also eight at an Aerosmith concert, so. That's impressive. Worked for 90s kids.
1: Worked for 90s kids. Cool. All right. So, uh, let's.
2: So, Chelsea, hold yeah. on. Oh, whack, what? Whack her all that.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. You know what? I'm going to go with all that. I am. Yeah. I know. Because um, I'm thinking more so along the lines of, like, when Josh is trying to show me songs, a lot of times he's like, ugh, this is the censored version. Mm. And it, it loses some of its appeal. Agreed. When, um. Alanis, the interview I was watching where she was... She literally, like, told execs when she does her songs live, she's going to say the swear words so if they should put her on a delay <laughs> if they want to.
2: Oh, to like if it's out. airing live on television. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes.
1: So, I'm going to say I appreciate the artistry of it and that... We should be able to have mature conversations with our kids to I, explain yeah. it's just a word. Right. But maybe don't use it in front of right people who you don't know well enough. I
2: think that's you know a good I mean? way to put it. I agree. I I agree. I think bring it back. It's all that. And like you said, it adds to the music. It adds to the art. And it's mm-hmm. part of, you know, the it's part of our language, right? right. So, yeah, I agree.
1: You know, Holland, my daughter who's four the other day, said, damn it. <laughs>
2: did and she use it in the correct context She did. well she then did that's fine it. it's fine <laughs> she did use it
1: in the correct context and um i assumed she had heard it from me you know like i didn't right. even ask her where she heard it i just started going into like did you hear mommy say that? And kind of being like, it's just words, but they are kind of grown up words and you have to just be careful who you say it in front of and kind of like explain to her. Like, I don't care if she says it, but maybe talk about saying it first and right. only in the home. Yeah. You know what? I, Cause I don't want to like make it taboo. Cause then I feel like it just makes it like cool.
2: Right. Do you know what I Agreed. mean? Agreed. Yeah. Say it? Oh, and, I know exactly what you mean. And
1: then she was like, well, I didn't hear it from you. I heard it from my friend at school.
2: <laughs> I <was> like, oh, <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, so, great. I'm off the hook. <laughs>
1: it's fine. Love it. <laughs> um, okay, Jillie, I would like for you to introduce today's topic because this was your suggestion.
2: Yes! Today we're going to be talking about Alanis Morissette, more specifically her great international debut album, album, Jagged Little Pill. Yep. So, I chose this topic because, number one, it's totally... On topic, as far as being a 90s kid, Mm -hmm. I think every 90s kid probably owned or at least was familiar with the album. Um, It was one of the first CDs that I ever got from Columbia Records or Columbia House. Remember that? You get 13, like a dozen CDs for a penny. (laughs) so funny.
1: I almost made uh, like CD stores my whacker, all of that. But I couldn't verify whether or not FYE was still around or not.
2: I don't know if it is. That's a great question. But because who if uses it is CDs still around? Anymore? I can't really
1: like talk about if we should bring it back.
2: <laughs> That's <So>. true. <laughs> That's true because it's still here. Should we get rid of it maybe? Is the question. It? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, so this year is the 25th anniversary of the release of this album. It came out in 1995. Interesting tidbit, which I didn't know until today, but Alanis was only 21 years old.
1: I just read that today. Yeah. Too.
2: 21 years old for a fresh 21. The album was released a couple weeks after her 21st birthday. I, when I was 21, I was not releasing. No. I wasn't doing anything like this. No. <laughs> so the other piece is that as part of her 25th anniversary... She was supposed to go on tour this year, and we had amazing seats to see her at Saratoga Performing Arts Center and COVID.
1: July 7th. Yes. 7-7. Ugh. It was supposed to be a magical day.
2: And instead, it was a day of sadness.
1: Alanis, if you're listening, and we know you are, we can't wait to see you next year for Labor Day.
2: Yes. It's already been rescheduled. It's already been rescheduled. I can't believe anyone would have opted for... A return of money. Some people, I think, did. Are you serious? Yeah. No, not us. There's someone I I know who was also supposed to go, and I'm not sure if she's actually still going, which was shocking to me. Maybe because it's Liberty Weekend. Whatever. I can't think of a better way to spend my Liberty Weekend than with a couple of my girlfriends and Alanis Morissette.
1: Mm, Reminiscing our 90s. Yes. Yes.
2: (laughs) So I told Chelsea, let's talk about this. Yes.
1: And I thought it was a perfect idea. It was a wonderful excuse to listen to the album for the 8,000th time. Agreed. And um, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, this topic a lot.
2: All right. Tell me, Chelsea, how were you introduced to the album? What do you remember from that time of- in your life?
1: For sure. So um, a few of the songs on this album were hit singles. You know, they were on the radio. Uh, head over feet and uh, Hand in My Pocket, and a couple others, too. So they were on the radio, so I had heard those. But the first time I heard the album from start to finish was at my friend Jamie's house, and she had the album. And she played it, and I remember being like, oh, I know this song, it's on the radio. But then we listened to, like, the whole album.
2: From beginning to end. From
1: beginning to end. I was probably, like, 11 years old. I loved it absolutely loved it. <laughs> and then I had to have it. So I think I requested it for my birthday that year. I got it for my birthday. It was one of my absolute most played albums. Oh obsessed with it. But I still like, you know, you asked that question for today. You know, how were you introduced to it? What was your first time listening to it? And I can still picture being like, I can picture Jamie's bedroom. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's so fun. So how about you? What was your first time? Like, how do you remember being introduced to this album? The
2: first time, <laughs> this is actually really funny. I was in sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade. And there were auditions in the school cafeteria of my, of my school. And I went to a super small Catholic elementary school at the time and in upstate New York, and two of these girls stood up to try out, and they started singing, an old man turned 98. <laughs> and the person who was, quote, judging the tryouts, and it was really just a screen and make sure everything was appropriate, she said, stop. I know what song this is. Can't sing it. Are you serious? Yes! And that was, like, super... Of course, then, it's like what you said about the swear words. Like, then it's like, ooh, intriguing. I need to listen to this. I guess... I don't know, because it was...
1: It's really interesting, because I don't think there is even
2: a swear word in that I don't think there is either, now that I think about it. But, maybe just because of her other songs on the album. Okay. I don't know. But, I definitely remember listening to it on the radio in my mom's car and at home and i'm sure that at some point in time i recorded one or more of her songs off of the radio onto onto a
1: tape you know
2: it <laughs> 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 gotta wait casey Kasem's top 40 every yes. sunday <laughs> i love it so yeah but just like you you know i got the album like i said as part of my columbia 13 cds for a penny and listen to it over and over again front to back front
1: to back you, and know- you- Something about this album I was thinking about today, because I, I ran through it a couple more times today um, in preparation for our podcast tonight, and I realized, like, there are very few albums that I listen to beginning to end today. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yep. I cherry-pick my songs. Yeah. I make playlists and everything, but this is an album that um, I love Yeah, start to finish and uh, never get sick of it, so... Um, okay, I went on and grabbed a couple fun facts about the album and whole I'd love to share with you. So you already named one of them I was going to talk about, which is that she was 20 when she started writing the songs for this and was signed uh, yeah. for it and, and one when it was released, which is absurd. Um, but did you know that she hails from Canada?
2: I knew that and then forgot it. And she's actually from Ottawa. Which is where one of our really good friends lives. I love it. I know another another Um, amazing Canadian import. Yes. So
1: before Jagged Little Pill, which you mentioned was her first international album, she had self-released a couple albums in Canada, Um, but she said herself that those albums were not very authentic Alanis it was more so just like trying to feed into the music industry
2: then, to sort of break into it yeah, yeah.
1: and that jagged little pill was really the first time that she was encouraged to be creative as herself and kind of like speak her truth mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. um so the the person who signed her I I don't know if I'm gonna say the last name right was Guy Oseri and um, Guy went on to manage U2 and Madonna. Um, and one more fun fact about Jack Little Pill before we start breaking down the songs is that it won Best Rock Album the year it was released. Amazing. So, congratulations, Alanis. We know you're, you're listening. listening. We know you are.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. The other great thing about this album is that there have been several renditions of it. You've got, you know, the they've released... They released an anniversary mm-hmm. album, and in 2005, so that would have been the 10-year anniversary, they released an acoustic album. I love the acoustic Oh, my album. God. It is, like, gives me chills. Just I know. her voice and the strings, and just, it just is on a totally different level, and it's amazing what a different feel you get from the songs by listening to the acoustic versus the original. The original is spectacular. Um, it, yes. But it's just, if you're looking for something different, mm-hmm. That's you just want to get lost in your feelings, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Every song has a, a different meaning. Um, so, Jilly, tell me what you, how did you take your notes and stuff? Because I did both fun facts and feelings. Do you want to go in order? Do we want to go favorites? Do we want to?
2: Um, why don't we? Let's go in order. Okay. Because I think that that's the way that she wanted the story You're told. Right in order yes agreed
1: okay so we open up with the song all i really want
2: first of all the way that the song opens it's just like it you're getting ready it fires to... you up. yes and like you're getting ready to go on some kind of a magical journey i yeah. just the beginning of it and then you know just the opening lines do i stress you out I'm like what? what what kind of a journey are you gonna take me what on today Taking me on so oh, love so it good.
1: yeah um I agree. I totally agree. I love how it starts out. Like, as soon as you hear those first notes, I'm like,
0: yep.
2: <laughs>
1: um, okay, so let me tell you some fun facts. There's a website where I found a, a lot of my fun facts from. That's called songfacts.com. <laughs> um, so some of these I'll, I might just read directly. But I this song in the information really intrigued me a lot because, um, you know, I, I wanted to know what it was about, and I think it's pretty obvious. But what do you think it's about?
2: I think she's just trying to get the message out there that of what it is that she's looking for in life Mm -hmm. and, you know, just trying to break it down on, I don't want to say, maybe like on a spiritual level, like let's cut out all the bullshit. Let's just get down to what matters and to what's important. That's the, that's what I, that's my takeaway. Yeah. So
1: you you are right. Um, in that she's talking about what she wanted, but she said in an interview, it is about being frustrated with a significant other over the fact that they rarely want to engage in intellectual conversation with Ooh. her. So, and so she's straight up being like, this is what I want. Right. I want you to
2: have a conversation, have with, a conversation
1: me. with me about more than the weather. Right. And I love that. And then I, there was a part in it. They said this, and I—I I have no clue. Maybe one of our listeners is more intelligent than us. Or maybe <laughs> you are. But one of her lines, she says she's like a Stella, Estella. E S T E L L A. Okay. And she's talking about the character in Charles Dickens' Great mm. Expectations. Like that is how smart and at twenty, this woman is at twenty. At is twenty, that she is able to incorporate this character from a classic novel right. into her song Incredible about wanting more intellectual stimulation. And
2: what better source of inspiration for that than Charles Dickens, I hey, suppose.
1: But also, how many... Do you think people
2: caught that? Probably not. No. Probably not. And to your point, again, at 20, not only does she know well enough to incorporate a line like that into her music, but... At 20, she's saying, I want more out of a relationship and more out of life than just the surface level stuff.
1: Yeah, I think it's awesome.
2: I mean, at 20, I was not, not doing that.
1: No, not at all.
2: The other thing about the album as a whole is that you really get a sense of what it is that she's looking for out of life, looking for in a relationship. And the fact that, again, she was so young when she wrote this. I'm still floored by that fact.
1: I know. I know um this song peaked at number 14 on the modern rock chart and a reason that it is believed to have not done better is because it was not released as a single it was only released as, like, part of the album.
2: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, um, but even with only being released as part of an album, number 14 that's is... That's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Um, This is not a song that I loved as a kid, but mm. it, the older I've gotten, the more Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love the yeah. part where she's like, here, can I handle this?
2: Did you think about it. your bills, your ex, your deadlines? Oh, well, I went. to think it's <laughs> Isn't it funny that as you were listening to this as a kid, just the entire album in general, all of this was lost on you? Oh, You're yeah. just like, oh, I love this song. It's so good. <laughs> it gets me right in my heart. You have no idea what you're actually singing about or what you're talking about.
1: That's a perfect transition into the second song.
2: Uh, yeah. This because fucking song. None of us knew what we were singing about <laughs> when we were singing You wanna Know. Um... I remember as I got older the line where she talks about the woman going down on her going down on him mm-hmm. in a theater. I remember singing it as a kid and being like, "Oh, what is she doing going down on him? Like what? Like what I I thought right it was right over like, my head.
1: Um putting him down. Mm. That's how I And like also for and anyone like- who's
2: <laughs> for anyone who's listening, Chelsea and I both grew up going to Catholic school our yes. entire lives. So That's an
1: important piece because that might be a reason we relate to this album.
2: That will come yes. up. Yes, number one, late to the album. Number two, the innuendos that maybe wouldn't have gone over uh-huh. the heads of other kids definitely went over our heads. Also, I think think about it in this fra- in this way too. If this album was released today and a twelve year old, thirteen year old listened to it. I don't think any of this would go over their heads. Oh, I strongly agree. So, this worked for 90s kids. If oh, mom yeah. and dad wanted to listen to this in the car, they didn't have to worry about questions You're usually. Right. It worked, for 90s, it worked kids. for 90s kids. Maybe not necessarily today, not because it's there's nothing wrong with the album, of course, but I just wonder how I wonder how parents today would feel if Their kids were listening to this the way that we listened to it.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you know, the songs, I feel like the songs on the radio now are obviously explicit and stuff, but this one is direct.
2: Yes. This is
1: down on you in the theater. Yes. Like, that
2: is... That's pretty clear cut. Yeah, we're not... And this was the... Wasn't this the first... Was this her first... This was not the first single.
1: Um, You know what? Hang on. Um, You Ought to Know was not her first single, but this is the song that propelled her into international stardom.
2: Okay. So... Yeah. So every so obviously, this was everyone heard the song. It everyone was heard incredibly song. popular. It was on the radio, right?
1: She performed it everywhere, right? Okay. So the message in this is very, 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 very clear. She's really, really pissed
2: off. She's I think. Pissed. And <laughs> so one trip, the trivia bit that I like about this song is that Dave Coulier, who you know was Uncle Joey on Full House, my boy, he admitted that he was the person that she was calling out in the song and then he retracted that statement and denied that it was him and of course our girl Alanis is like I write my songs for me yeah I am not gonna say who this is about that's not the point of this F off
1: love that I also saw that note um and I think (laughs) I love that about her, that she's like, no, this is the song I'm not going to tell you who it's about. Right. How dare compared you? i it to, I'm blanking on the singer, but the um, You're So Vain.
2: Oh, song. yeah. Is it they Carly said, Simon?
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, in the article I was reading, they said, Carly, a la Alanis Morissette pulled a Carly Simon mm. in that she's not going to tell you who right. the song is about. It's just- You
2: probably think this song is about exactly.
1: you. Exactly. I, oh, I and only one
2: her. of you is right.
1: Okay, so let me read you something I found on this songfacts.com that um, Alanis herself said. When I hear that song, I hear the anger as a protection around the searing vulnerability. I was mortified and devastated. It was a lot easier for me to be angry and feel the power from that anger versus the broken, horrified woman on the floor.
2: Mm.
1: That gave me chills. That is because- applicable today. Exactly. Mm. How true is that? Like. It is easier to be angry than vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was watching an interview with her from 1995 by MTV, and they were asking her about this song. And something that she said that I thought is funny, because this is how my husband views her even today. Like, he does not understand my love for Alanis. He's (laughs) like, she's a little weird. She's a little angry. And she was talking, and she was like, you know what's funny is that I'm really not an angry person at She's all. not. She said, this song is almost like a subconscious. Right. It came from my subconscious, but it was an opportunity to deal with these repressed feelings from a broken heart, and that, but this song, being the hit that, you know, launched her into international stardom, um... People started saying she was singularly angry. And they they like, typecast her. Yeah, they exactly. Yeah. And she was like, "I think that's hilarious because not one person is singularly anything, and yet the world right. was saying based on this one song that is the least reflective song of me on the album, right. means that I am an angry human." Um, which I think says a lot about the world. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: And it's in sharp contrast. The tone of the song is in pretty sharp contrast to a lot of the other songs on the album. So for anyone to suggest that she is this singularly angry person, yeah, they're just. I bet it was a bunch of men. They
1: probably only listened to it on the radio. They right, didn't listen and did to it. The listen- Jagged little pill. Album.
2: Exactly. And think. Of, I mean, think about the title itself, "Jagged Little Pill." Like, you know, nothing is perfectly smooth. Yep. Nothing is perfectly easy. But you take it and. You know, with all of its imperfections, and you look for the best. And it's funny that you talk about her being an angry, being typecast as this angry person. She posted a photo to Instagram the other day, and she was having her face painted for, I think, some album art. And she was breastfeeding her child, just looking like a Mother Earth. Like, the least angry thing you could do.
1: Have you ever watched any of her interviews?
2: I've watched a few of them. You
1: can just tell she's just this, like, soft-spoken human. Absolutely. Um, and, and that just goes to show her range. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I have to go off on a tangent, though. Let's you know the story and talk about, this is not my story to tell, but oh, I love yes. this story so much I'm trying to adopt it as my <laughs> own story. So, you tell it enough times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I just got to figure out a way to be like, I heard this once on a podcast, but... To properly credit my sources, there is a comedian, Ryan Sickler. He has two podcasts, uh, The Crab Feast and The Honeydew. Ryan Sickler, if you're listening, and I know you are, you're welcome. Um, I don't know what episode it's on, but there's, it, you know, it's a storytelling podcast. So he invites somebody on this podcast who tells the story that his parent, that his parents had a, a brutal divorce, like mm-hmm. a very messy, very angry Divorce in the 90s, in the time of Alanis (laughs) Morissette, you ought to know. And that the mom in the situation changed her outgoing voicemail message. Uh, Ah, don't you mean
2: answering machine? Oh my God.
1: Thank you. Answering machine. Listen to me trying to bring you into the early odds. No, this is the 90s. We're back in the 90s worked for 90s kids
2: where you had an answering machine that you had to yes. rewind and hit play that you had to hold the
1: button down to record so this <laughs> woman took her answering machine Held the outgoing record button where you usually are like, Hey, thanks for calling the Wilson's house. Leave a message at the beep. And all she did was play the chorus to <laughs> Lana Morissette. You ought to know. So that when her ex husband called to talk about like childcare drop off and stuff, he would have to listen to it.
2: Amazing. But
0: think of
1: all the other people who called her home other than her ex husband. So he like,
2: like, uh, collectors. Uh, mom. this might, this might be the wrong number. I'm looking for Jane Wilson. Okay. Can you imagine? Oh this my God. Like, right. Imagine <laughs> the balls on that woman. That
1: is some serious balls. Ugh. I just, every time I think about that story, I I just laugh out loud. Thank it's
2: God so for Alanis. Thank God Thank for this God. song.
1: What? I, and it makes me, I'm like, I almost wish I could go through a bitter divorce.
2: <laughs> just, just for the opportunity this. to do that. <laughs> Amazing. Where does You Oughta Know fall in your, if you had to rank your top three, would this be in your top three? Um, It's okay if it's not.
1: I think on this album, You Oughta Know does hit top three. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think this, this, this is top three.
1: It's one of my favorite ones to scream, sing in the car. Agreed. So it. Good, angry song. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it earns Mm. top three perspective. All right. Should we move on to the next song?
2: Let's move on to Perfect. Okay.
1: Oh, this song. All right, now say more because I've only recently started to like this song.
2: Okay. I remember being younger and listening to the song with my mom and her explaining to me sort of, you know, this is about a parent who's pushing their kid Mm -hmm. too hard, which is obviously, it's fairly obvious if you listen to the song, Um, but it's just... So, a little bit of background about myself. I'm an attorney and I practiced in family court for five years. And you see a lot of nastiness, of course. And this song just reminds you of that. You know, just parents who maybe didn't get to fulfill all of their dreams and they are trying to use their children as, you know, they're trying to fulfill their own mm-hmm. dreams through their kids is so awful, and then you know she's yelling at her kid in the middle of the song, and says, "You know, why are you crying?" Yeah, it just it breaks my heart. The song.
1: Now, um, I feel like I often skipped over this song. Sure. So,
2: I think everyone has a song like that. Yeah, I just yeah. was like me, right?
1: Like it didn't really do a ton for me, but in uh the process of of dissecting the album I did like look up what it's about and really looked at the lyrics and listened to it and I I want to ask you um do you feel like that was a pretty standard parenting method in the 90s
2: honestly Mm -hmm. I think that it's more standard today really yes
1: say more
2: so I think there is this idea in the 90s that parents were more hands-off in a lot of different ways, whether it was, you know, with childcare, letting your kid walk to school, letting your kid, you know, let themselves enter their house at the end of the day while mom and dad finished up work, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, there are always competitive parents in every generation. But I think today, because of social media especially and because of – The availability of a lot of different extracurriculars and that kind of thing, especially in some communities, there are. I feel like there's a huge push for kids to do more, do more from an earlier age. And sometimes I think it's to their detriment.
1: Oftentimes,
2: you know, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think?
1: Well, you're making me think because (laughs) I I literally wrote down like 90s parents am I right (laughs) um I think only because I felt a pressure as a child to be perfect Mm -hmm. and so once I started looking into this I'm like oh yeah I get that um and Alanis even said in an interview that this song is not about her relationship with her parents, but just the pressure of society as a whole, which will love you if you're perfect. Mm. And um, that I agree with across the board. Yes. If you're not looking as that. You know what I mean? If you're not looking at uh, from a parenting perspective,
2: is this is a parenting podcast. Was this is a parenting podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> um... No, but I think that's, yeah, no, that's totally spot on. Think about it. If you, you know, my husband often jokes with me like, Not joke, but he has told me that based on research, people who are better looking, who are Mm -hmm. thinner, who look a certain way, you know, they get hired more if you, you know, more often or get chosen for interviews. And that is awful.
1: I mean, I can kind of relate to this song as an adult in the uh, Woodward Strong aspect of my life. Yeah. Um, Because so... Uh, my husband almost died. And,
2: <laughs> Way to drop the <laughs> hammer. <laughs> right?
1: We'll get to that. But um, as a result, we gained a lot of social media mm. following mm-hmm. and um, recognition in our community. And I really just felt like it, it did put a pressure on to, like, when I'm out in public, to look my best, behave my best. You know, even if I was approached in a situation where it was... Um, not necessarily welcomed mm-hmm. i felt like i had to be like hi thanks you know what i mean like put on a you, happy face yeah and i know I, I i uh said to you without us ever really explaining it like i'm i'm exhausted of being woodward strong right sort of thing so i'm um, obviously this is something that uh was relevant 25 years ago yeah and is still relevant today yeah now where would this song land you is this like middle of the road
2: yeah this is middle of the road for me I think that it's I, all of her, the thing with this album and I will keep saying this is that all of the songs are so well done not just lyrically but you know musically and even my least favorite song on this album is still fantastic
1: I agree I totally agree So, uh, should we move on to number 4 yes okay Hand in my pocket, girl. Love this song. You go first.
2: Um, What I remember the most about this song is the music video. Oh, my gosh. I just watched it. <laughs> did you? Right before you came over. Black and white. And I remember I wa- I did watch it again in preparation for today. But I remember her standing in, in the middle of a song when she's doing her harmonica solo. She's standing there while people just kind of dance and mill yep. by her. And it's just the movement of it is so beautiful. And... The simplicity of it being in black and white. One thing I noticed today that I didn't notice as a kid is that at the beginning of the video, there's a, um, it's essentially a parade. Mm-hmm. And you can see at the beginning of the parade, you know, they're holding up a banner. And I think it was the Boys and Girls Club of Yes, the Bronx. I saw that too. <laughs> I, I did
1: think of you. Did you know? Did you guys know? Did you know I'm from that, the Bronx? Did you know that Jilly's from the Bronx? Jilly from the Black? If not listened to episode one and make
2: it perfectly <laughs> I'll say clear. it ten times <laughs> but anyway, um yeah, so this song it's just like a, for me this was just a super happy like peppy song and you know she was looking at the brighter side of life um, and it's actually a really great message for today uh-huh. in the midst of a pandemic yep. where you don't know up from down, left from right, you know what it all comes down to is that it's gonna be fine
1: uh yes. Yeah. okay Uh, so let me read to you in Alanis's words what she says about this song and then I want to talk about the music video okay So uh, someone asked her about the song. She said, I was scribbling all of these dichotomies and dualisms. Mm. Human beings are all things. At any given moment, if you said, what are you feeling right now? I'd probably be feeling 16 different things. It's rare that I feel one emotion at any given time. So I thought, I'm just going to chronicle in this moment right here while Glenn's out of the room. And when Glenn came back in the room, I showed him the piece of paper and he started playing music while I sang the lyrics. We wrote the whole song in about 15 minutes. So this is like a stream of consciousness song um, talking about all the feelings. And so then I went and watched the music video. And here is something I noticed about it where I want to say Alanis
2: was woke. She was woke.
1: Because in this black and white music video that you're talking about, she has queens. Yeah. She shows a lot of minorities. Mm-hmm. She shows people crying. She shows, like, nudists running through. And yep. nobody is, like, appalled by any of the things going on. And yes, it's a parade, but it seems like a parade for the everyday person. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. not like a president or yes. anything like that. Yep. It's just humans. Yep. Like, we're celebrating. Humanity. Humanity. And the depths of humanity mm-hmm. and the, the fact that everything is, nothing is black and white.
2: What is it that you always say? It can be... Both and. Both and. Yes. Yeah. That's, so, yep.
1: Life is happy and sad. We're right. You know, and I, I just love this song in my top three.
2: Yeah, I think, let me look at my list. I think this is in my top four. In my top four, <laughs> this is four. number four. <laughs> I've got others I in my know, top I'm probably 3 be like, top, like top three, top three this guys, is top, three. top three, top three. Um, but yeah, so it's the piece that you said about Glenn Ballard and them writing this song in 15 minutes. So, Glenn Ballard is the writer that she met mm-hmm. when she went out to California. Yeah, and within I think half an hour of the meeting, they were like, "This is it. We are going to make fire," and that was what happened with a few of the songs. They wrote them very quickly. I think one of the songs that it, and I can't remember now while I'm thinking, I can't remember now, but there was one song that they wrote that I don't think made it onto this album, but they wrote it within an hour of meeting each other. Something, something like something amazing like that, because the chemistry between the two of them, and again, not any kind of sexual chemistry, totally platonic professional, like sure. Writer, producer, you know, Chemistry was just incredible with the two of them.
1: I love the concept of stream of consciousness writing, mm-hmm. which is what she said a few of the songs on this album yeah. were, was just writing down what she was feeling. Right that at that moment. moment. And actually, going circling back to the first song, The All I Really Want, she said that the first line of the song that you brought up, do I stress you out? My sweater's <laughs> on backwards and inside out. She said that is, like, what was actually going on. <laughs> she was sitting there. Her sweater was on backwards and, and inside, inside out, out. And so she just decided to make it the first line of the song. And I just, it's so simple, but it's so perfect.
2: Right. And I think she did that, I mean, to your point, she did that with a lot of her songs. like uh, And you ought to know, uh, Bob Saget said that he was present when Alanis called Dave Coulier in the middle of dinner. When she says, I hate to bug you in the middle of dinner, Bob Saget says that he was present at that dinner. Really? Whether or not that's true, who knows, but that's what I read, and if it's on the internet, it must be true. It must
1: be true. If there's one thing you can learn from this podcast, it's that if it's on the internet, it's true. Yes.
2: Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, circling back to Dave Coulier, he is significantly older Mm -hmm. than Alanis,
1: which... So it fits the bill, is what you're saying. Yeah, and also
2: how, I mean, that is so shitty. This, like, 19, 20-year-old girl gets her heart broken by this grown-ass man. Ugh.
1: I saw him play when he was with the Beach Boys in concert.
2: <laughs> Wait, Dave Coulier played with the Beach Boys? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Yeah. Did I don't you know. go with Mark? But he was the drummer. Were you there with Mark? I sure was. <laughs> Mark is her dad. Yes, he is. <laughs> hi, Dad. No, just kidding. My dad's not listening.
1: But hi, Mom. She is. So
2: hey, funny. Lori. Tell uh, Mark that we mentioned him on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So,
1: should we move into right through? Yeah?
2: Yes, girl.
1: Okay. Um. So this song, I think, is sort of a stick it to the man song. Yes. Um. When I was Reading about the album as a whole, I heard that she was kind of having a tough time getting somebody to pick it up.
2: And getting someone to take her seriously. Right. And to do what she wanted to do do. versus what was going to sell records. Exactly.
1: I love that you said that because in the interview that I was, this MTV, I literally just googled Alanis Morissette interview. It was an MTV interview with her from 1995, the Mm -hmm. night before um, the
2: MTV Music Awards. Do so you guys remember there? the MTV Music Ugh. Awards? Speaking what of the a 90s. Dream. Uh, oh there was nothing like the VMAs and the 90s. No. The glitz and the glamour. The glitz and, and the glam of it all. It was like, uh, it was better than all the other award shows.
1: I mean, without competition.
2: Because it was cool, it was hip. It's the cool factor. Also, sure. the fact that I just said hip, does that make me a grandma? A little bit. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway. And
1: they're so hip. <laughs> Those kids are so cool. They're just so cool. Okay, so. Okay, so, anyways, Alana said her the two albums that she wrote, one of them, which she produced when she was fucking 10 years old. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that the songs that she wrote for her first two albums, which were uh, released in Canada, she said she wrote the songs for the sake of entertainment. But all the songs that she wrote for Jagged Little Pill, she wrote for the sake of communication. Oof. Oof.
2: Right? At 20. At 20. Just a reminder, guys, in case we haven't mentioned it Let's a Let's say it times. again. How
1: old was Alanis? Uh, she... tw-
2: 20 years old. Oh, 20. Okay, 20 no problem.
1: Old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the interviewer said, "How, how did you think this album would be received? And her response to that, that she says somehow... Humbly and without sounding like a complete dick, is the last thing on my mind is how this album would be received. She just wanted to get it out there. Queen! What a queen! Alanis, if you're listening.
2: And we know you are. And we know you are. You're a queen. The queen that we did not deserve then, and we don't deserve today. We don't deserve you. But we need you. But we need you. Also, let's talk about the fact that this song that she wrote, Right Through You, could still and is. I mean it should be an anthem for today. I agree. For women today. Isn't it sad that twenty five years later was we are still dealing with the same bullshit. We're still here
1: dealing with this garbage.
2: Anyway. Um that was a sidebar. I Alright, yeah. so right through you. Let's tell me what you love, what you hate, nothing.
1: Oh, of course I hate
2: nothing. Um, This
1: song does not make it into my top category. It's a
2: middle ground for me on the album, but I respect it. Agreed. I agree. Um, I do love during the last full verse where she says, now that I'm missing, now that I'm a zillionaire, you scan the credits for your name and wonder why it's not there. And then it goes silent for just like a moment, just a very quick second. I'm like, yes! Yes! I know. Because that is exactly what she did when this album was released and received the way that we all know it was received. All these people that didn't believe in her, she's like, hey, suck it. Uh, suck it. <laughs> suck it. <laughs> suck it. <laughs> you guys watch The Office? Because you should. That, <laughs> and if you don't, mm, mm. this might not be the best this podcast is probably
1: <laughs> not the place
2: for you. All right. Moving on. Forgiven. Okay. This was my skip song. that's so funny and you know and And we have different
1: skip songs yes
2: and in listening to it again Uh i was like oh i wonder if i subconsciously skipped it because of all of the very heavy catholic overtures in the song oh say more keep going so she's and what's interesting i I read something where she said that i mean she obviously she grew up catholic Mm -hmm. she went to catholic school um and she was taught of course that if she had sex before marriage that she was going to hell
0: because yes. that's what
2: all girls were taught. Uh and and that's what I was taught. I don't remember boys ever being taught that no. but you know. So that is throughout the song she's talking about you know will I be forgiven for all of these transgressions that are not really transgressions. I know. I know.
1: Um this is not a skip song for me because the chorus just sucks me in. I yeah. don't know why. It always, I just love, I've always loved it. The attitude in the chorus, even when I didn't understand it. Right. And the rest of the song, it just, she's so real in the chorus and it's just so catchy. But yeah, um, in researching everything, found out straight up, yeah, that's what this song is about, being sexually repressed. Yeah as a, a child and yeah. somebody worked for 90s kids worked for 90s <laughs>
2: kids but Amen. how well did it actually work
1: well it didn't and i <laughs> the thing is that i mean are is this a, is this a really personal podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm like as somebody uh getting really overly personal and i might delete this later but like i felt like a sexually repressed catholic schoolgirl yeah because i just i i That was an area of my life I felt completely not allowed to explore even though it was
2: my life. Couldn't explore it. Right. You couldn't talk about it. You didn't ask questions about it. No. You were given one direction. Yeah. No sex until marriage. The end.
1: And that's it. Um, And so I, I love her just capturing the experience of being like a sexually repressed Catholic school girl because that is what this song is and she nails it she
2: nails it. yes absolutely Um, and I think every girl in the 90s every girl probably in the 2000s could relate to that or earlier you know what I mean
1: like and I'm sure we're gonna find out with our children if it's still going on now unfortunately I think we're a little too far removed to be able to make a statement on that so listeners (laughs) to our 14 year old listeners (laughs) do you feel sexually repressed (laughs) Leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> rate us five stars. <laughs> Tell your friends. Rate, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, <laughs> but something, okay, so in, in that MTV interview I watched, they asked her about this song, and she, in her sweet little, um, what word do we want it? Well, soft-spoken Ooh. Alanis Morissette manner says if there's any repression in your life at some point you're going to find yourself at the other end of the spectrum
2: all queen the snaps all the snaps and she's right so think about for instance attitudes toward drinking right mm-hmm. so i again did you guys when i went to a catholic high school oh, um <laughs> <laughs> did you go to a Catholic high school? I did. It was did not you? in the Bronx though. Oh,
1: I was just going to say. <laughs> did
2: you grow up in the Bronx? Uh, I was there till I was 10, okay? Uh, okay. So, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school. Same. Again, the message was no sex until marriage, save yourself, be pure, blah blah blah. And, pure. you know, I was also Be good. Yes, be good in general. And I was kind of a nerd and I didn't drink. And then guess what happened when I got to college? Did you go wild? I was. Me too. I was a booze face. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to the point where, you know, I needed to get any kind of professional help. But, yeah. But, Elena, <laughs> But she's right. If you are totally, totally repressed, it's like anything. If you completely restrict yourself of all the sugary snacks, mm-hmm. then One you're. One day gonna, you're just
1: going to go eat an entire pack of Oreos. Right.
2: You're going to go hide in your car and sob into a package of Oreos. Yep. Because, you know, you're. Because of that repression. So, anyway. Alanis. Alanis.
1: If you're listening, we love you. <laughs> okay, number 7, lucky 7. You learn. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is my favorite song on the album. Number 1. This is my number 2. Okay, fine. But it's up there.
2: I love this song. I love this song. This song. I love this song I'm, my, The hairs on my my very hairy Puerto Rican arms on are standing up right now chin. while I'm thinking of it <laughs> <laughs> You want to tell us some fun facts, Jills?
1: Here's what Alanis had to say about this song She said she wrote this song during a time right after she moved to LA where she was prepared for the first time in her life to focus on the negative mm. Just let that soak in for a second I, she moved to LA and she was like, okay, I'm ready to look at the shit. And by looking at the shit she wrote, you learn,
2: which is like a life mantra, happy ballad. I don't think anyone, I don't know anyone that has ever consciously said, I am going to take a day to just look at the negative. Look at the shit. Even a day. And she moved. From Canada to the other side mm-hmm. of the continent. Yeah. Oh my God. And then wrote this.
1: Right. So going on, she says, I was always encouraged to focus on the things that were positive. And that things like confusion and depression were to be hidden or repressed. Having done that for so many years, it resulted in an explosion of sor- of sorts. So writing, you learn, was that explosion. And a lot of things that were very subconscious, everything, is re- everything felt relatively urgent.
2: Again, if you repress it, you end up on the
1: other end of things. You end up on the other end of things. But I, I this song, so I listened to this song today jammed it out because it's just like it's so deep it's so deep Mm -hmm. and yet it is so simple yes you know what i mean and you
2: almost forget the message that she's relaying because it is not the music itself isn't heavy. Right. It's light. And it's happy. light and it's happy. And she's looking at the negative and she's putting a positive spin on it. Right. There are some really lousy situations that each of us and probably anyone who's listening, all five of you, and everyone. All five of and you. Ev- I mean, just people in general. You deal with really nasty shit in life and you come out on the other end. And hopefully you come out on the other end more whole. Or repaired in some way. And that's the message that she's trying to relay in the song. That she is relaying in this song. She is relaying it. So she titled her album after
1: a line in this song, Jagged Little Pill. Isn't and- there like
2: a Family Guy skit where it's like, ah, oh, there's the name of the movie? Ah, <laughs> <Yes! laughs> oh, so they said like, it. Yes. <laughs> what a jagged little pill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Swimming in your stomach. Ugh. But. So she was saying that, um, explaining that lyric and why she wanted it to be the title of the album is, so looking at that line, it's a jagged little pill, feel so good swimming in your stomach. So swallow it down. It's like, yeah, sometimes you have to take something in life and it sucks. But in hindsight, you can look back on it and it feels so good swimming in your stomach. And that yes. is... So after hearing her say that, I mean, the last two years for our family have been really, really rough. Yeah. But sitting here now, I can look back on that and be grateful that it happened. Yeah. And it's it's a jagged little pill. It is. You know what I mean? Right. It's, sepsis is a jagged little pill. Yeah. Absolutely. Corona is mm. a jagged
2: little pill. But
1: yeah, at the same time, on the other side of it, there's so
2: much good. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a similar sort of feeling about that. I moved out to California when I was 23. I was 23. And I forgot
1: you lived in California for a beat.
2: For literally 2 months. And <laughs> Oh, okay. Like I'm allowed ha- to forget. Half a beat. <laughs> and I moved out there with someone. If I had not moved out, if I had not moved out there, I don't know that I would have left that relationship when I did. Being out there alone with this person is what m- finally made me realize, like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. So then I moved back home, and I will never forget packing up my stuff. I was on the phone with one Were of my- Were listening
1: to you learn
2: <laughs> I might as well have. Okay. I was packing up my stuff. I was on the phone with my friend Ashley, and she- I will never forget this. She said, I can't wait for you to come home. Wait till you meet Kringle. He's hilarious. Oh my god! And that's your husband. I know. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll meet this guy. He sounds whatever. What He's a funny. Little pill. Exactly. It was in the jaggedest of pills. So but you know what? Now I came home. I met I met this guy Kringle, whose first name is not Kringle. Um, it's not. It's not. Mm. And you know, fell in love, had, got married, had two beautiful babies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Totally worth that jagged little pill. I lived, I learned, and now here I am talking to all you five folks. All (laughs) five of you.
1: Mom, if you're listening, no, I'm just kidding.
2: So yeah, this is is definitely number two for me. Cool.
1: It's my number one on the album. Well, good for you. Good for me. (laughs) Uh, One quick fast fact before we move into song number eight. Um, In the music video, if you watch it, it only took Alanis one take to sink the ball
2: in the hoop. That's right. You know, where I, you know where I remember that from? Pop-up video. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? Oh, my God. I love it. I Guys, love whatever happened to pop-up video? Oh, my God. Can
1: we bring it back?
2: Um, That is definitely all that. We'll um, Amen.
1: Amen, Papa all video, that. Pop-up video MTV, if you're listening, and we know you are. Please bring back pop-up. Was that on MTV or VH1? It had to have been It MTV. was MTV. Yeah, VH1 was like. They did. Mm, They had their own thing going on. (laughs) All
2: right, next. (laughs) Song number eight. All right, next is my number one song on the album. Head Over Fee. Okay, so you and (sighs) I are soulmates because this is my number two. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Anyway, this song, I just, it's such a, it's a love song, obviously. But it is a love song about a real love. Yes, it's not this flowery, mm-hmm. she's saying just the things that she, I mean, I have to look at she the She said, lyrics. like, you came home and asked
1: me about my day.
2: Right. And
1: that's you, what, isn't that what everyone wants? Yeah. You asked how my day was. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's simple. Okay, so while you're looking at the lyrics to discuss them, yes. I want you to know, this was Alanis's first song to hit number one on America's Top 40.
2: Really? Mm-hmm interesting now remember
1: what i said about the singles because this was released as a single and a couple of her songs i think hit you know in the top 40 or whatever but because they weren't released as a single and were only released on the album they didn't technically count Mm -hmm. so this is the first time one of her songs was released as a single and hit number one well get it girl
2: okay so going back to being a kid in the 90s I remember so the line where she says you're my best friend best friend with benefits Ugh. of course I didn't know what that meant but now I know what it means um, but at the time I just thought like oh it's a really sweet love song mm-hmm. and like they have the benefit of being best friends and also you know loving each other <laughs> you know that catholic shirt, sure. catholic school upbringing going back to forgiven but where she <laughs> <laughs> but where she says You know, the other thing to focus on with this song is she says that she's never felt this healthy before and that it's a rational relationship. So there's a line in
1: I've never felt
2: this healthy before. So is this a singing podcast? Is this a singing podcast? Is this a karaoke podcast? It might be. (laughs) Tune in next week to find out. So this is not from the 90s, but for those of you who watch Parks and Rec. Yes. There is a line that Ron Swanson, who just knows everything about everything, he says to Donna, this is in season five, I think. Is this it's one of the later starts seasons. Dating. Yes. Yeah. She starts dating her ex, mm-hmm. whose name escapes me. And he essentially says to her, don't confuse, live your life how you want, but don't confuse drama with happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's exactly the point that this person in this song has reached you live a lot of your youth and for some people beyond their youth thinking that drama equals happiness if you are experiencing these really high highs which inevitably get followed by really low lows Mm -hmm. and then you spike back up to a high you're like oh this is normal this is happiness blah 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 well sometimes that's just drama and don't confuse that with a healthy relationship so to your point, this is a love song about a healthy, relationship. a healthy relationship, your typical relationship. And I think that with a lot of ballads and a lot of love songs, mm-hmm. they are so flowery and they are so damsel in distress. And, you know, the kind of marry me,
1: Juliet. Right. you
2: never have to be
1: alone.
2: Listen, T-Swift.
1: Uh, I can't. You Taylor, are, if you're listening, I know you are take some cues
2: (laughs) you are gonna get us banned by the taylor swift fans taylor swift
1: i'm sorry
2: listen guys
1: they were born in the 2000s that's true they're not listening to
2: this taylor swift is incredibly talented she is a shrewd businesswoman let me tell you but she's no atlantis she's not atlantis and what i want to know is i want to know about the relationships where you ought to know (laughs) <laughs> I want to know about the relationships where the guy is waking up with you in the middle of the night to change that shitty diaper, or where exactly. you know, where when you're puking because you drank too much the night before, and instead of making you feel bad, he's holding your hair, maybe even making fun of you a little bit Just and laughing at bit. you. I've never been in that situation. I want to know anything about that.
1: Well, um, Alana said in her own words that straight up, what she wrote the song about is the first time she ever felt she had a healthy relationship. Uh-huh. My girl. Yes, girl. Get it? I hope you're happy. All right, Mary Jane. This is my least favorite song on the album. It does nothing for me.
2: Yeah, I don't really love it either.
1: Okay, Alanis, I love you. I think you're perfect. This but not like your song perfect
2: but actually perfect even <laughs> with your imperfections <laughs>
1: so let's i'll just read you because i had i have nothing to say about mary jane so <laughs> i i looked up what it's about i'd love to read it to you and then let's just move on to ironic cool okay let's do it okay mary jane alana says in her own words this song is about a woman who is losing her spirit And Alanis is encouraging this woman to be selfish and open up about her problems. She says, it was my empathy for the feminine, the vulnerable, the self-care, particularly for those of us who are self-oriented and generous. So that's a really beautiful
2: concept. That makes me feel like a real asshole for skipping over this song. But it just, (laughs) unfortunately,
1: I think... All right, so in, in Googling the meaning of it, I found out because I... It's called Mary Jane. So I assumed did you it, assume it was about I did marijuana? because, you know, like Tom Petty oh, and, need. you know, those other people wrote songs about called pop. Mary Jane mm. being about marijuana. So I really did think it was about marijuana. And I was like, wow, this girl's like getting real deep about marijuana. <laughs> so then when I Googled it and I was like, oh, OK, she actually had a lot of thought into the song. Unfortunately, I just I I'm it. Something's
2: missing from it. So I typically skip this song. But it also is a song that makes me feel sad. Yeah, yeah. So there's... that's probably why I skip it sure. because... The rest like of the she's... album is like a pow. It's powerful. Yes. And even... I'm in control
1: of my life. And then Mary Jane is a little bit like... Yes.
2: Even the songs that are a little bit more... I don't want to say negative, but even the ones that deal with heavier subjects, mm-hmm. they don't make me feel sad necessarily. Right. They make me feel feelings. I feel Maybe feelings. Maybe it's because... And maybe I'm getting a little bit too psychological here. But maybe it's because. There's no such thing. This is a psychological <laughs> podcast. Is this a psychological it podcast? It might be a psychological podcast. Maybe it's because it's there are issues that I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Or that you're dealing with. Not you specifically, but people in general who maybe skip this. Maybe it hits too close to home. A little too close to home. Yeah. So maybe now that you know what it's
1: about. Does that make sense? That it hits a little too close Maybe. to home. Maybe. Although
2: like... I will admit, when I was skipping this, I was thirteen or fourteen years old. You know, when I started skipping it, so Maybe. I wasn't really having. Uh, you know, my hard day was what? I got uh, an A minus but... on a test,
1: and Jimmy didn't say I was hi to you to Lunch.
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. I oh, this just reminded me of a story. Sidebar: One of my friends I'll never forget. We were in we're in high school, and we were, I don't even remember what we were doing, but we were in some kind of a course and... Nerd! With one well, of I'm the nuns, saying. I know. <laughs> we were doing some, like, extra... We were doing something with... Uh, something about expressing your feelings, I don't remember. We had to fill out the sheets, like, a chart of your life from age 1 to 16. Mm-hmm. Or 0 to 16. Like, if you had to put it on a on a graph, you know, graph out the highs and the lows. And she put a low when she was 6, and I said to her... What happened? Did your favorite cartoon get cancelled? And she said, No.
1: Oh, it's gonna be bad.
2: I know it. Yeah. She had like a toe, she lost one or two toes in a lawnmower. Oh my god, all right. My husband lost all ten. Give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I felt like such a shit friend at that moment. I was like, Oh, sorry. But um (laughs) so yeah, sometimes you do deal with heavy things as a kid. So
1: do you think your friend related to Mary Jane more than you? Maybe. 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 All right, enough of Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. This, this song. This song. It's her first single to be sold in U.S. stores. This song won the MTV Video Music Awards Best Female Video, Best Editing, and Best New Artist in a Video. This
2: video gives me major 80s vibes.
1: I love yes. this video. Yes. Um, one more fun fact, and then we can go into feelings. I I wonder if you've heard this version But in 2004 Alanis rewrote the lyrics to convey Her support of same sex marriages And she performed it At the GLAAD Media Awards So I have heard this version before I think they played on the Sirius XM radio Okay, Where the line where she says It's meeting the man of your dreams Oh. and meeting his, and then she says, his beautiful husband.
2: Oh, yes, I have heard You've heard that version? Yes, and so, I remember everyone cheering, and I was like, yes, bitch, get I, it. Yep, I love her for and this. And I mean that in the most endearing way, obviously. Obviously.
1: So, um, the quick sidebar. is also controversial. Sure, go on. Your turn to speak, girl. You, have, you, You have got the mic.
2: So much controversy because a lot of people, particularly English nerds, argue that nothing she is describing is actually ironic i wrote that down that she is misusing the term and doesn't know what the hell she's talking about but i don't care because it's a good who song cares agree who
1: cares um i i wrote down the same note because that is apparently what everybody asks her when they ask her about the song ironic they're <laughs> like did
2: you know alanis that irony? they're like yeah i know she's thanks like, yeah i fucking know um, but she doesn't. But I'm too go busy on t- sitting on my fat bank account to care. Now that I'm a bajillionaire, <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea keeps getting attacked by a. Uh, oh my
1: god, mics are falling.
2: By something in the studio. Mm-hmm. The studio.
1: So yeah, um, I do think they're ironic, though. I'm sorry. That is, I have always based my definition of ironic on this song. So, so it's interesting
2: because think about the fact that you were okay. So you were born in eighty seven. Mm-hmm. You were eight when this album came out, and you Isn't were pro-
1: that ironic. Don't you think <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not? <laughs>
2: <gasps> Damn! But think about it. If you were that young when you got this album, and then I was probably ten. Well, right, but you were young in yeah. any event when you got the album. Yeah. Ultimately, and then. You're like, oh, well, this new word I learned, ironic, this is what it means. That's, it means uh, opposites. Right. So now you have a generation of people who were not English majors who think that that is what ironic means. OK. So, so maybe we need to talk to Webster about okay, the definition. OK, let's do it. Pull
1: up Miriam, Merriam. Merriam. Miriam, Marian, Miriam, Mir- Miriam Webster, Miriam Webster dot com. Let's let's Google the
2: definition of Ironic. Ironic. Using or characterized by irony. Okay, (laughs) that's all right now. Happening in the opposite way to what is expected. Okay, and typically causing wry amusement because of this. Example: It was ironic that now that everybody had plenty of money for food, they couldn't obtain it because everything was rationed. Okay, but that's exactly what her song is. Right, she's like, it's it's like
1: like needing ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife. That's ironic.
2: Yeah. And you know what else is funny? When I google ironic, after the definition gets pops me. up. Our girl, <laughs> the music video <laughs> wearing her red orange beanie Have in her car.
1: Have you rewatched that music video lately because it's about multiple personality disorder? Is
2: it really? No, I'm
1: just kidding. I okay. don't know if it really is, but it's um it's it's Alanis playing her multiple versions of herself. Oh, that's right. In the car yes, yes, yes. Song. But I I love that because as if we're all just one person. You know what I mean? Right. So, um anyways, I I don't think she's wrong. I like her use of the word irony and ironic and she's perfect. So yeah, this song I wanna put it in my top three, but it does it's probably number four yeah. for me. I think only because I'm being like the rebel in me is like this one was too popular right. for me to make it my number one.
2: This is definitely not in my top three. Um, and I think I said four was, is it, I you ought to know, I think you said was, no, four. I think you ought to know, you know what, I don't remember, hold on, you know what, we're going to do a ranking at the end,
1: we'll do a ranking, oh, you Let's know what, everything it. we said, ignore it, Just-
2: <laughs> <laughs> ironic is a great song, it's a great song to sing song. along to in your car, like you are living in the music video,
1: I never skip it,
2: agreed, but it's. But I also agree it's not in my top three. I think that she's got other songs that I just love more. All right. Not the Doctor. I love this song. I love this song, too. This song, do I need to only have... Okay, can I have, like... I have ten songs in my top three. No. (laughs) Uh,
1: The whole album is my top three, except for Mary Jane.
2: So this song, I don't know what, like... I remember listening to this as a kid and thinking... You know, visiting hours are nine to five and if I show up at ten past you show six. Up ten past yeah. six I say. Already know that you'll find some way to sneak me in and do. Is this a singing podcast? Is this a karaoke podcast? American Idol Call Us. <laughs> no, but I remember I had a vision in my head when I would hear this song of a woman literally going into a hospital to visit her boo with I thought her boo was the doctor. Oh well, there you go. But either way, she was at the hospital visiting him. Yeah, I just had all I saw was like a hospital room and her giving, like, bringing him a bottle with holes on the bottom. And I thought, well, that's That's stupid. All the liquid's
1: gonna fall out.
2: But now you know it's about a
1: codependent relationship, right? Yes. Okay. Good. (laughs) Um. But I, I, I love that. Um. Because she doesn't make it obvious. I mean, it, it is is an adult I think but like you said the lyrics to children and teenagers and everything it could just be fun and thinking it's about somebody dating a doctor or whatever but the more you look at it the more you're like oh no this is her being like no girl I, I did not grow you in my body yeah I am i don't want to take care of you right I am not your doctor I don't want to d- take care of your damn self this in is the land anyway. being like I take care of myself you take
2: care of yourself also you know how we, uh, the whole point of this podcast is, let's look at things in the 90s and see how and if they translate today. Mm-hmm. Today, of all days, I read an article about, I think it was Tess Holiday, and I'll have to confirm this, saying that women should not have to be like fixers for men, essentially. A- Which is men. basically what Alanis is saying in this song. Like, this is not, I am not your mom. I'm not your doctor. My role is not to fix you. No. And again, like 25 years later, after this album was released, we are still dealing with this same stuff. Right. What she was just so ahead of her time. I, I, was ahead she ahead of her time, of her time or no, are we just behind?
1: I don't think she was necessarily ahead of her time, but I think that she was willing to be honest in a day and age when nobody else was willing to be honest.
2: I think you're right. Think about all the other female singers that were alive, or er, alive, that were famous at that point. Mm-hmm. You're talking about, you know, Mariah Carey. <laughs> You'll always be my right. baby. Uh, I mean, listen, I love me some MC. Right, don't get me wrong. But that song that you just said There's no depth. No. Also, she kind of sounds like a stalker. Uh, have you seen her? <laughs> She, she is a star. <laughs> Mariah, if you're listening. And we know you are. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, I love this song. Love everything about it. Agree. All right, her closer, Wake Up. Thoughts? So this was not a song that I paid a lot of attention to, mm-hmm. but I did love the way that it ended. Yeah. I, I I know that sounds
1: weird. No, no, no. I know exactly. Yeah. And wake up. That's silence. The, yeah. And that's the only time she says wake up in the whole song. Did you know? It's the last time she says that like real quick at the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Now, this is one too. So, I, I kind of took the easy way out and was like, songmeetings.com. Lyric <laughs> meanings. And this one is not on there. So, I had to come up with my own opinions on it. Totally. Damn Tell it. Me. But um, here's what I gathered from it is I, I wrote down the chorus because I love the chorus and I love the way she sings it. That the lyrics are because it's easy not to. So much easier not to. And what goes around never comes around to you. And I think that that's just like speaking to someone in a place of privilege. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. It's just being like, yeah, sure. It's easier not to care about. Right this or whatever and it's not going to come back to you because you're, you're in a privileged yeah you're situation. a privileged situation and um I love that she ends with the words wake up because yeah. it's like even the most privileged person you gotta come down off of that pedestal every once in a while and just do the hard thing yeah it's easier not to and it might not feel like it's your problem but it's your problem as a human
2: yeah. All the problems are kind of like your problem. I think you're hitting the nail on the head. She says in the song, you like pain, but only if it doesn't hurt too much. Right. And that's sort of like not to get too political. No, do it. But is this a, po- a political podcast? Is this a podcast about Black Lives Matter? <laughs> it might be. It might be. So you think about there's a difference between, you know, being an ally, let's say, and being a quote white savior you know it's really easy
1: thank you to
2: engage in like performative allyship and to try to fix things but that's not our role as white or white-facing women or human beings you know and i think that this song Absolutely would be applicable to a situation like that. To what's happening
1: today. I think that this song almost could mean more today than it
2: did in nineteen ninety five. I think you're right. It's so it's easy. You like to pretend. I shouldn't say pretend. You like to play the part of being an ally as long as it doesn't inconvenience you. Sure.
1: It's easier not to. Yeah. So much easier not to. Right. Of course it is. And what goes around, never comes around. Yeah, so. girl. Uh, I love that. I, I This song is hovering on my top five. It's like, I'll never skip it. Yeah. I'll never skip it. Yeah. Um, Jilly, we did it. We went through the whole album. We did. I loved doing this. I loved your idea for this so much. Um I would love to end with any comments you didn't get to mention as we went over songs or closing thoughts
2: on I would love, if and when Broadway opens up again, hopefully it does at some point. To see the musical. Oh, can we I go together? Yes. Um if we ever get I sponsors won't. can someone sponsor us please <laughs> mom Lori? <laughs> Ma- sponsor us for research oh <laughs> uh, no but i would love to see because i so
1: what a jagged little
2: sidebar but i am a huge fan of musicals but oh, i typically too. don't like listening to the soundtracks until afterward because i feel like there's a lot of emotion oh my god i do the exact opposite you and adam are the same we i like, want to listen to the soundtrack first so that when you get there you know all the songs
1: well no it's not about knowing all the songs it's oh. okay so uh sidebar nation i might <laughs> delete this because now you saying that i'm like can we please do rent as one of our episodes that came out in the oh, 90s let's do it. right Let's do it okay rent <laughs> was my all-time fave I listened, I knew every word yes. to that song, the yes. soundtrack. Every single word. But I didn't have, you know what I mean? Like, right. I didn't have a context to it. I just knew I loved the music. Music. And I went to go see it when I was 15 years old, and I sat there with my jaw dropped the whole entire Ooh. time because putting. A story to the music that I loved was magic. And so now I always listen to the Broadway albums before I
2: go see them. Because I am the opposite. I don't want to hear it. I want to see it on stage. And then I want to. But what about like Hamilton? And then I want to listen to it on repeat right afterwards.
1: But how can you absorb like how and this is a serious question mm-hmm. like how do you absorb the music if you don't know what it is when you're there seeing it for the first time don't you it's a lot to take in because you're having to take it in is. auditory and visual at the same time you're right
2: but somehow I manage you're like somehow I'm a lawyer and as, I'm smarter as, than as you as my Michael, brain has more capacity Scott, as Michael Scott would say somehow <laughs> I manage is an office podcast no I uh is this a is this a Parks and Rec and office podcast um, <laughs> no but I don't know what it is for me seeing the action with the music it just all comes to it it packages it up for me so then when i leave and i'm listening to the music i'm seeing it again in my mind's eye so i listened to the um album for the musical so i listened to the jack little pill musical album mm-hmm. and of course it's beautiful it's Jack Little Pill. Um, but I would love to, having heard the album many, many, many times, I want to see what's happening on the stage. The opening number is incredible because it's like a medley of a few of the songs. Can't. But anyway. I would just sob the whole time, I think. Well, we will go. If Corona's
1: ever over. When Broadway reopens. But anyway. When? So, Not
2: if. Oh, sorry. Wet. But I would love to be able to see the musical. I listened to the album and I just felt like, "Mm." I listened to a few songs. I had to stop. I said, no, I got to see this on stage. And then I know once I see it, I'm going to fall in love with it. Of course. Sure. Of course. So anyway, I love all versions of this album. Mm -hmm. Ooh, Can um, we real quick? How
1: about uh, I know this is not one on the album, but I'm in closing. My two favorite Alanis Morissette songs, like my number one and my number two of all time, are actually not on this album. Tell me. It's Uninvited and Thank You are my favorites. So can we talk about the Uninvited cover that was on um, Little Fires Everywhere? Everywhere? Holy shit. I, I think I texted you when I was watching it being like just wait yes
2: you did until yes you hear you're this like cover. watch this episode oh i'm
1: thinking about it now and again I, chills. Goosebumps. chills oh my gosh it's and I, there have been several interpretations of that song and they're oh they're just but so the big. one on
2: little Fi- yes Lil, but the, the one, one on little fires, fires everywhere was cake. amazing amazing but that song in general just you're right that those is, are
1: those are my number one and number two yeah um of, of hers. Of all time. Of all time. Yeah. um So, yeah, I, I think oh, here in my closing thoughts on this album, this is a whole blah, 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 blah. I have gained a whole new appreciation for her in doing the research for this podcast because I watched interviews I watched her music videos and stuff and I'm like this girl wanted to get her art out there and she did not care how it was perceived and it was perceived amazingly but that was not her concern and somebody asked her and I wrote it down because I just in watching it I was like wow wow um the interviewer said Again, this is the same interview, the MTV, inter- the night before the MTV Music Awards. And um, she had just released uh, Hand in My Pocket mm. as her latest single. And so the interviewer said, are you scared it's not going to do as well as you ought to know? And Alanis literally, you can tell that what she says is so genuine because her face is just like, I I don't care. Yeah. Like, it's not, I'm, I'm not scared. I, it. She's like, it might not do as well, but I'm not scared of that. I don't care. And I just, I love her for that. She just right. unabashedly put her art out. And then something else, and this is funny because I said this, I was saying that my husband views her as like angry and maybe a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Something about her I noticed in watching her music videos and watching her live performances and things. She's very free in her movement. You know what I mean? Like, she just, like, moves to how she's feeling. And, like, it does look a little, what would you, unconventional, maybe? You know what I mean? But she's free. That's, like, when I look at her, that's what comes to
2: my mind. She does not care what anyone thinks because she isn't doing this for anyone. She's doing it for For herself. herself. This is her passion. Yeah. And she's getting her message out there
1: she's really doing this for her yeah and um i think she's like a true diva who deserves more i agree love and attention than our celine dion's and aretha's of the world and a diva not in the sense
2: of like i want water in my room at no no no. 60.5 degrees She's just
1: somebody who I would be proud for my daughter to recognize. And look up to. Yes, exactly. Somebody who, if my my daughter was like, I think Alanis Morissette is the coolest. I want to be like her. I'd be like, you should want to be like her. Right. She is 100% authentic herself and she's free.
2: The fact that she released this album, that she wrote this album and released it, not because she wanted any sort of well she knew how to take the safe route she had done it twice before and she knew that that was not fulfilling her Mm -hmm. and she knew that it she also knew that it wasn't necessarily getting her to where she wanted to be right so the fact that she had no qualms about Putting herself out there, mm-hmm. not giving a shit about what anyone thought. She doesn't give a shit. Putting her feelings into words, to music, so that all of us could enjoy it and get a glimpse into her life. Yeah. Her personal life. That is not something that most people are willing to do. And to do it in such a raw way. So raw. Especially, think, I mean, worked for 90s kids. Would that work today? How- in the Instagram and Facebook perfection that we live in. I just can't. So. That's so true. That's a great question. Like, how do you
1: think she would be received today?
2: It'd be interesting. When you think about all of the, you know, what's popular right now, yeah. just in general. Oh, it's um, T. Swift era, right? Just... I know. And listen, guys, this is not in any way to knock Taylor Swift. Is this a Taylor Swift bashing podcast? Uh, I hope not because <laughs> I would like to have people listen. <laughs> The Swifties are fierce. (laughs) No, but really, like, not to knock anyone today, obviously. You know, things... As you will learn, things come back. We're talking about overalls, oversized sweatshirts, biking shorts. The wheel is round. The wheel is round. What goes around comes around. What
1: goes around never comes around.
2: Tell you... This is definitely a karaoke podcast. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know how she would be perceived today, but maybe in 10 years, we'll find out. Maybe, it's, <laughs> maybe in 10 years, like, the 20-year-olds not listening to this will make their own podcast. I can't
1: wait for her concert, I'm sure. That's I know. All.
2: And you want to know
1: what's funny is that, um, obviously, as 7-7 came and went and we weren't listening i was so bummed but now i'm kind of a jazz have it to look forward to is that weird
2: no that's not weird i know exactly what you mean i feel like this year has been an absolute shit show mm-hmm. and i think that if first of all i think it would have been irresponsible to keep the concert on obviously obviously but if we had gone i would have been super stressed the whole time the whole time wouldn't have enjoyed it nope and like you said, next year, 2021, fresh start, clean slate. We got the Olympics to look forward to. Yes. We got Atlantis to look forward to.
1: It's all looking up. Ooh, hopefully. Should we end it here, babe? Let's end it here, girl. All right. This has been so much fun. Podcast number two in the books. We are crushing it. Thank you, all five of you, for listening. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll <laughs> see, <laughs> see you next week! time. All right, I want to hear Josh's... Okay, it's on his computer. Yo, I don't know whatever you
0: grew up in, but Saturday mornings I had Rugrats, I had Hey Arnold, I was playing my Game Boy. It worked for 90s kids a seat, I'ma tell you about the best decade Yo, I had a bowl cut, I ain't have a fresh fade Take it to the 90s, I don't care what all the rest say I could quote the Illmatic if you wanna test me Cause you know I'm listening to Nas, not the Ice Ice Baby, for the right price, baby, see you fight night Crazy how Tyson, he was knocking them out And Ninja Turtles on the telly when I'm locked in the house Watching Michael play the Lakers and he boxing them out And yo, if Magic gets a ring, well then I'm knocking the pal yeah, I think it's time to celebrate No, there ain't no better way I'm Chilling chillin' on a Titanic getaway Tell you the truth, I wasn't planning a dance But when I got my hammer pants, you ain't standin' a chance Got my fashion locked down with the British night. Hurry head home, maybe we can catch a Nick at night Psych Hey yo, you remember, remember taking the Game Boy, right? Let's take it back to the 90s Right, you took the Game Boy, you put it right under the lamp Because you ain't have the light That's where you cats gonna find Yo, 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 if we're talking video games Goldeneye Yo, let's take it back to GoldenEye on Nintendo 64 Son, you are not beating me That's where you cats gonna find Remember me Remember when you had to 1-800-COLLECT To call somebody But they cheap And didn't want to accept Remember when Used to dial up To get online Then somebody grabs a phone It would happen all the time Remember when It was cool to have a pager The crazy house parties And the DJ with the fader Remember on the weekends You would hit a blockbuster Making mixtapes That you got for your crush Or you know getting numbers Was a part of the plan I was coolest. She told me I should Talk to the hand Keeping all your notes In the trapper keeper I was getting mad at teachers Cause she took my walk man she let me get it either. It's the fresh prince from the city of Philly. Anybody know what's going on with Millie Vanilli? Yo, watch what you putting on after dark. I still be getting nightmares from Jurassic Park. Hey yo, yo, you remember pogs? What the heck were pogs? I didn't even know what they did. I used to just stack them and just like kick them down and collect them. But yo, you know what else I, like? I had the super soaker 50. Remember, I had the thing on the top? And you would like pump it up a million times And then you squirt the cars going down the street That's what yo. your cat's gonna find me Come over my house, yo, be my guest Come over my house, yo, be my guest We can watch a sitcom TGIF We can watch a sitcom TGIF Come over my house, yo, be my guest Come over my house, yo, be my guest We can watch a sitcom TGIF We can watch a sitcom TGIF Yo, you remember like in school all the girls had the Furbies. The you know what I'm saying, they wanted like the troll dolls. I wasn't down with that, I had the Batman action figures, That's but. Cats gonna find me. Oh man, Garbage Pail Kids, remember the Garbage Pail Take Kids? I don't even know what that was. Yo, what else they have? Oh, listen, listen, me. if we talk sitcoms, Frank Pins of Bel Air over, over everything, that is Seinfeld, Friends was just okay. That's where you can go. I mean, movies, and then you got the Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, uh, you know, as a kid, that, you know, kind of ruined the whole franchise for me, but whatever. Mom, mom, where's my talk boy? The, the, the talk boy, that thing from Home Alone. I I need it, because I'm going to record, record my demo.